Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. Awesome. All right. Well, hey, um, I'm going to preach a message tonight called Inside Out. And I have done this message once before, but I've rejuged it. Um, and uh, rejuging is a powerful thing. And so um, I've rejuged it. And I'm talking about uh, living inside out, being inside out, our faith being inside out. And it's not in any way related to the movie. Uh, so if you haven't seen the movie or didn't like it, don't stress because it's called Inside Out, but it has nothing to do with the movie. Okay, so when the main character, Riley's family, moves house. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Let's start. Let's look. Let's go to God's Word. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 is going to come up on the screen. And uh, I'm going to read this for you. Let's check it out. This is brilliant. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. This is the Apostle Paul speaking. Verse 13, since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke. We also believe and so we also speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also. I think that was worth celebrating a little bit. <laughs> Knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. For it is all for your sake so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. Verse 16, so we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away. Our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are, that, that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Come on, the Apostle Paul encouraging us to focus on what is unseen. Outwardly, Paul was wasting away. By every measure that man would use, his life sucked. His life was terrible. But in the eyes of God and looking at the purpose of God in his life, he was smack bang in the middle of the call of God for his life, smack bang in the middle of truth, smack bang in the middle of purpose, and copping a few smack bangs along the way. But even though he was outwardly wasting away, inwardly he was being renewed day by day. I love what it says, outwardly wasting away, afflictions on all sides. You could look at that and think, where is God? If you're not looking through God's perspective, God's spirit was with Paul. He was being renewed daily, refreshed, empowered, strengthened, graced, purpose-filled. He was in the will of God for his life. He was dangerous to the things of the devil. He was seeing miracles. He was seeing lives saved because he lived with the right perspective. He viewed life the right way. He viewed life God's way. Let's look at Philippians 2 verse 4. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, 
which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. I want to encourage everybody here, God's work, God's priority is on the inside. God's work, His transformation, His empowerment, His change is often unseen. It's on the inside, ultimately impacting then what is on the outside and what is seen. But our faith, Christ's impact, starts from the inside out. What I'm saying is that before God changes anything out here, He wants to make right what's in here. God's priority is not your finances, it's not your career, it's not the place that you live. God's priority is the things that are unseen in your life, your heart, your soul, your spirit. His priority is your soul, it's your heart, it's your devotion, it's your focus. The work of God in your life is to, through relationship with Him, transform you from the inside out. If God's work was to transform the outside, if His priority was the outside... He wasn't doing a work on Paul, (laughs) and he wasn't doing a work on Jesus. But God was doing the work, and it was transformation and strength and empowerment and grace on the inside, bearing fruit on the outside. A life transformed is one lived in personal relationship with Jesus. It's one free from the bondage of sin. It's one free from guilt and shame. It's one free from the pressure to be holy, the pressure to be perfect, Instead, you're graced to follow Jesus. You're empowered to live out the purpose of God. You're empowered to live a fulfilled life. Faith in Jesus is interesting because you're made alive in Christ. Book of Corinthians talks about being made alive in Christ. But then we also see in Scripture that Christ lives in you. So it's which one is it? You know, it's both. You're in Christ and Christ is in you. I am in Christ, but Christ is in me. I'm radically changed from the inside out as Christ lives in me. Check this out, Matthew 23, verse 25. This is Jesus speaking to religious leaders. They weren't catching the heart of the gospel. Let's check it out. It says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup and the plate, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, First clean the inside of the cup and the plate, that the outside also may be clean. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead people's bones and all uncleanness. So you also outwardly appear righteous to others, but within you're full of hypocrisy and lawness. lawlessness. A lot of S's there. The Pharisees had the wrong priority with what the work of God was all about. These religious leaders that Jesus was speaking to, they thought the work of God was to change your behavior, to change the things that man can see, 
to look like you were holy, to dress holy so that at first impressions they would go, man, that guy is godly. Can I tell you, God could care less about your appearance and the appearance of your life if your heart is far from him. I like what Jesus says to the Pharisees. He says, hey, you clean the outside and forget to do the inside. But guys, it doesn't mean that cleaning the outside is a bad thing. And that's a message for another time. But if you, Because if you, if you are in faith, your life should not just look a little bit different. It should look flippin' different, which in Greek is flippi. Flippikos. Church, God cares about... God cares about what is unseen in your life. 1 Samuel 16 says this. It's the story of the prophet Samuel going to find the next king of Israel. It says this, when, he, when they came, he looked on Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees, Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Guys, God is within us, changing us from the inside out. But can I encourage you to look at yourself, yourself and others the way that God does? We're changing from the inside out, and we need to look at people from the inside out. Many religions prioritize behavior changes over heart transformation. Does it look like you're following this God? Are you behaving like it? Whereas the Christian faith is, do you know God? With Jesus, we're accepted before our behavior changes. And I remember when I was in school and and people would come up to me and say, man, Christians just think they're better than everybody else. Do you think you're better than me? And listen, Christianity is actually the opposite. Christianity is the acceptance that I'm not the best bloke. I'm not even a good guy. I'm a sinner. I'm in desperate need of salvation. And I've realized I can't do it myself, so Jesus, help. It's actually the opposite. Whereas other religions about how can I be good enough and godly enough to get to God, where Christianity is the realization that we couldn't do it, so God got to us through His Son, Jesus Christ. God's acceptance empowers us to change. The Bible says that even whilst we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Before we accept Him, He accepts us. And His acceptance empowers us to change and be and do what He's called us to do. Before your behavior changes through Jesus, your heart gets transformed. And your behavior will change as your soul is restored. You know, one thing I love doing with Micah is um, I love reading him books. And we've got this awesome play mat, which is so good because no matter what you spill on it, one wipe and it's up. Um, But I like to lie on that play mat. We've got an epic selection of books and um, I I love reading books to Micah. But um, I was chatting to my mum and I said, mum, I feel like we're a bit thin on some Christian books. And my mum was like, I've got a couple at home. So what she brought around was so cool. It was these books that she bought for Sean when he was born. So they're 30 years old, 1989, and the date's on the back. It says £2.50 for the Christian book. And uh, I've got these books. I've got Daniel in the Lion's Den. Um, we read that to Micah. I've also got The Five Loaves and Two Fishes. I don't know how I feel about that one, though, because it adds like a whole backstory to the kid, which I couldn't find in Scripture, so I'm a bit concerned about that. <laughs> but there's one book which is fantastic. And 
You can tell I grew up in a Pentecostal house. So as we're talking about spirit-filled, believe that what happened on Pentecost wasn't just for then, it's for today. The power of God's still moving. The gifts are still flowing. We believe that. So I grew up in a Pentecostal household. So my mum has, it's pretty much the book of Acts for little kids. And it's called, it's called Wind and Fire, because of course it is. And uh, 30 years later, we're waiting for the sequel, Earth, Wind and Fire. Um, that'd be good. But I was reading this book to Micah, and it's the book of Acts for little kids, and it's so cool because it, it drops this line. It's got the whole thing about Jesus going back to heaven, and the disciples were sad, and it's got a sad disciple like, because Jesus is gone. But it says it's okay because the Holy Spirit is going to come. And then you turn the page, and it's got the upper room. And I love this, this line that it says. It says, um, Jesus was once alive with them, but now he was alive in them. What was it talking about? It was talking about the Holy Spirit coming and filling the disciples. And it's got this cool kind of picture where it's got Jesus on the outside, but now Jesus on the inside through his Holy Spirit. And so we see that the work of God is inside out. And we see that God looks at us from the inside out. And then we see that God's actually not on the out, he's on the inside. That Christ is on the inside, His Holy Spirit's on the inside. And then I love, because even the, 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 the little book, Wind and Fire, you've got to get a copy. It's got the story of Peter and John, and they're walking, and they see a man who's begging, and he's paralyzed. And he's, he's obviously asking people for money. And they say, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Get up and walk. And what's so cool is what they gave the man was not seen, wasn't on the outside, they gave them a deposit of what God deposited on the inside. What they had to offer was not something you could see. It wasn't something that was on the outside. It was something that was on the inside. Can I encourage you? The best of what you have to offer and give is not tangible. You can't even see it. It's deposited by God and it's within you. You know, we, we'll, we'll always feel restricted to contribute until we get the revelation that I have something to give and offer, which I can't show you, but God can. The best of what you have to give people, your community, your school, your family, this planet is not something you can see. It's what God's deposited on the inside. A little bit later, and it carries on in wind and fire, but also in the Bible. Then we get Peter and John in the temple. So they've healed this man and they're in the temple. And people in this temple, the, the, the scene is hostile because people are slandering who Jesus was. They don't believe that he was the Messiah. And, and Peter and John are in the temple and they're around slander, bitterness and confusion. But they didn't allow that to get in them. What they did was, what was in them, they got out. Jesus and the storm, the great story in the Bible where Jesus goes to sleep in a boat and the boat heads out and a great storm breaks out and this storm's happening, the disciples freak out and Jesus comes up and as the story goes, Jesus speaks to the storm and it calms down. What I love is that Jesus experienced the storm, but the storm experienced Jesus. Jesus was in the storm, but the storm did not get into him. Peter and John were in confusion, but the confusion did not get into them. You can be in a storm, but the storm doesn't have to get in you. You can be in a pandemic, but the pandemic doesn't have to get in you. You can be in chaos, but the chaos doesn't have to get into you. 
Why is that? It's because God, by His grace and His Holy Spirit's empowering you to live inside out. We don't live allowing what's on the outside to get in. We live by faith that what's on the inside is going to get out and change the world around me. I love that, you know, if you wanted to word it coolly, Jesus happened to that storm. What happened to the storm? Jesus happened to that storm. And I, I want to believe, I want to be a Christian that has faith that because God's in me, His Holy Spirit's in me, I'm going to happen to some stuff. When there's distress, when there's pain, when there's hopelessness, when there's grief, because of Jesus Christ within me, man, I could happen to some stuff. That's not happening to me. I'm happening to that. In Jesus' name, by the grace of God. When you're in Christ, walking with Him, you're transformed from the inside out and you can live inside out. All that God places in you, coming out to the forefront to impact the things trying to impact you. In the book of Genesis, you have Noah. God speaks to Noah about building an ark and and Noah builds this ark and the ark was in the water. What was really important was that the water wasn't in the ark. Because if that happens, the boat's going down. The aesthetics of the boat, of the ark, didn't matter. Noah wasn't going, God, just delay the rain one more day. I want to get a bit of a stripe on the side. I want to make sure it's looking appealing. The aesthetics of the boat didn't matter. What mattered was the function, that what it was in didn't get inside. That the water that, was, that the boat was in didn't get inside the boat. You know, it's true for the ark that the aesthetics don't matter, and it's true for you. We will waste precious time that God is wanting to use to transform us when we're so busy looking at the outside. When we think the things that we need to address are the things that people can see. Does my Instagram reflect a life that's off the chain? Who cares? Does my clothing sense, my dress sense say, I'm a little bit younger than you think I am? And I'm cutting it. I'm, come on. It doesn't matter. But even in our speech, you know, we can stress so much about, am I saying the right things to come across well? Am I behaving the right ways to, to seem like a good Christian? You know, it's not about the outside. God is looking at the inside. I, I wanted to be, I felt the call of God to ministry as a, as a teenager and I thought, man, I one day would love to be a youth pastor or a young adults pastor. I'd love to preach. I better buy an iPad and a leather jacket. It's not true. <laughs> you know what I better do? I better read my Bible, get a concordance, get, my heart, get a heart for people that are lost. Come on. You know what people do now? I want, they're like, I want people to know about Jesus Christ. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to post exclusively about vaccines. Here's the thing. Pfizer, AstraZeneca, who cares? Do they know Jesus? Because if it kills them, where are they going? (laughs) It doesn't matter. What am I saying? What am I saying? The priorities are the things that you can't see. The priorities are the gospel. The priorities are knowing the gospel. The priority is sharing the gospel. The priority is being someone who from the inside out is living with passion and faith and a heart for people and a heart for Jesus. The ascetics don't matter. Don't compare. Don't focus on the outside. It's about 
the inside. What is inside you affecting what's outside of you? You know, at a time like this, I just think that this thought of what's in the inside coming out or the outside going in comes to life at a time like this with COVID and everything happening. Because as a believer, you can allow all that's on the outside, like the ark, you can allow all of that water to get in, or you can say, I'm in it, but it's not in me. I'm in the midst of fear and worry, but it's not in me. Because I don't live outside in, I live inside out. And God, by His grace, has empowered me to live inside out. I remember my first year on staff, and I was on staff for um, the, the children's ministry, and uh, loved it. Every day was just exciting. And, uh, and I remember one day, uh, reception got a call about a family who weren't a part of our church, they weren't Christians, and their young son was really sick, and they wanted someone to go and pray for him. And so um, I got the call, and I got the address, and I, I went round to the house, and uh, Peter Chancy came with me, and we went to this house to pray for a family who aren't Christians. And, um, you know, when that happens, you can usually assume that they're on the last, um, you know, last-ditch effort. Like, they've tried everything. We don't even believe God, but let's call the church. And so, um, as soon as I got asked to do that, it was my first time. I wasn't a veteran. Um, I didn't know what to say, and I didn't know what I was going into. And immediately, as I, I got the phone call, yeah, no worries, I'll be there, put the phone down, and just fear gripped me. And, and, like, and a sense of, like, flip, like, God better do something, eh? Like, and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I was thinking, I'm going to go there, and I'm going to have to, like, I was thinking of in the car, I'm, like, rehearsing things to say. And I'm thinking about, like, when have I seen other pastors pray for people? And I'm trying to think, what am I going to do? Lift both hands? You know, I, was, I was trying to think of what to do. And um, you know what happened as we got there? We got out of the car and we bought them, like, a gift and stuff. And I just, I just felt God, by His Spirit, just speak to me and say, um, what's in you is going to go out, not the other way around. I just, felt, I just felt that in my heart. And I thought, okay. All right, and I went into the room, and, and it was so God, because as soon as I got in there, this family, it was a dark-lit room. People weren't like, hey, pastor, thank you for coming. They were just like. <laughs> and it's funny, it's funny, but it's also not funny, because what was in the room was this, this heaviness. There was no faith. There was hopelessness. There was frustration. I think there was even a bit of like, uh, you could just kind of feel it in the room, like this pastor, you can come and show us what you can do. It was like this... It was, it was gross, and I, I was like, all right, this is not getting in me, because otherwise I'm not going to be able to pray with faith, and I'm not gonna, this is going to affect my faith, and so I thought, this is not getting in me, I'm getting on this, and so I just had to quiet myself, focus on Jesus, and pray and believe for God to do something, and that family were really touched, and I remember one of the family members came to church, I didn't hear if the son got healed or not, but... What I do know is, is that God some way used that situation for His glory. And we don't usually know the details. We don't always find out the end. But I knew in that moment that God empowered me and graced me in that situation. But I do believe that there was an opportunity for me to go in and be outside in. But you have to decide to be inside out. When friends and family are in despair, can I encourage you, inside out. When society's in confusion, inside out. When people are asking, you know, you know, questions about God and, and 
asking you all sorts of stuff. Maybe you're in school and people are pressing you for details. You just got to go inside out. What God has deposited in me, God, would you bring it out and not let what's out there get in. The storms of life. Are you going to experience the storm or is the storm going to experience you by the grace of God? As this season goes on, you know, the pandemic's going on. Are, you know, are you in the pandemic or is the pandemic in you? Can I encourage you, live inside out. All the Christians in here, can I encourage you, stop coming under what God has called you to be over. Stop being influenced by what God is empowering you to influence. We are not the people that comes under the narrative of the world. We're under the Word of God and we allow the Word of God to influence out. Can I encourage you, because of Jesus Christ, because of His Spirit, you are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. We're more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Greater is He in me than he that is in the world. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of love, power and self-discipline. We don't need to cower and wait for what might happen to us. Because we can, with faith, see what God could do through us. But everybody, it's a choice that you make. It's a decision. It's a resolve in your heart and your spirit to say, God, I know that you transform me from the inside out. I know that you look at me from the inside out. And God, I know that you want to work through me from the inside out. It's a decision that you make. It's a resolve in your heart and your spirit. Um, Another children's book, which is absolutely epic. And some of you would know it. It's You Are Special by Max Licardo. Has anyone read that book? It's one of my favorite, favorite kids' books, but it's a, it's a Christian book and it's set in a puppet world. <laughs> Stay with me. And in this puppet world, there's a puppet maker, which you never see. You've already seen correlations. And in this puppet world, whenever you do something good, if a puppet does a great trick or a puppet's the best at soccer, um, they would get a gold star put on them for all, for all of the puppet world to see. But also if you did something wrong, if you tripped over, or if you stuttered, or if you missed the goal, they would get a black spot on them. So all throughout this puppet world, people are running around with gold stars and black spots everywhere. And there's people that have, you know, 50 gold stars and one black spot, and they're awesome, and everybody celebrates them and lifts them up. And then the main character, he's covered in black spots, and he's maybe got one or two gold stars, and it's starting to get into his heart. And he's thinking he's not a good puppet. And that he's not good enough and he's not like the good ones and he wants to be like a good puppet and he tries to do all that he can but in trying to be a good puppet and get more gold stars he just gets more black dots because he can't do what the other ones can do and then one day he encounters a puppet and this this girl puppet is epic because she has no stars or dots she's a clean slate and she's so happy and he's confused by why she's happy with the, with no gold stars and she said I don't need them and where's your black dots they don't stick this puppet's worth. She, she knew she was a good puppet, not because of the gold stars and the black dots. She knew she was a good puppet because of the puppet maker. He had made her and he loved her. He was happy with her. And what's awesome at the end of the story, um, the, the main character puppet encounters the puppet maker. And the puppet maker reminds him, I love you. You don't need the gold stars. You don't need the black dots. I love that story because what's happening is, is, All these puppets are getting their worth and their validation from the outside. And the puppet maker reminds the puppet it comes from him. Listen, when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you're made alive in Christ, but Christ's in you. You no longer get your worth and your value, your sense of belonging, your sense of place, your sense of purpose from the outside. You get it from the inside. 
God, His Spirit living within you every day, reminding you that you're a child of His, that you're on the planet for a purpose, that He has something great for you to do, that you're on a rescue mission to help others know about Him. Can I encourage you? When you receive Jesus Christ, you're transformed from the inside out because that's where the work begins. And that's where God's Spirit will come and live within you each day, empowering you and gracing you. I don't take my cues or my lead from an outside influence. I take it from an inside influence because Jesus Christ lives in me. Can I encourage you, whether you've been many times or it's your first time, God wants you to live inside out. He looks at your heart first. That's His priority. And can I encourage you tonight, would you make the greatest decision you can? And it's one that no one else can see. It's a decision in your heart about who is God to you? Who is Jesus Christ? And will you receive His free gift? Could we all just stand together? Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us. And special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus, both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.